Are you ready to talk about the motion picture shows? I don't know. I'd probably have to say yeah on that one, question mark. Three hours for a movie? Welcome to Football's Day. I needed this thing to end quick, fast, and in a hurry. Is it though? Is it a good movie? Yes. I think so. Welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Max for stopping. More like Max can't stop him. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he's so good. He's only 24. That guy's insane. We're watching greatness. But... It was, a, it was a good race today, Justin. I can't believe I woke up at 5.30, 5.20 in the morning to watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't even have a little Henry. <laughs> I have a just a me, a Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was up too. And uh, I was sitting in the, our little rocker. And then Alex woke up. She's like, hey, you want to put the race on? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And it was five. It was exactly 5.30. And so um, it worked out to see like some of the interviews and such. But mm-hmm. yeah, fun race. Yeah, it was cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, the track is interesting. It's uh, a lot of turns, a lot of, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. So, yeah, <laughs> uphill, is uphill moment there. Yeah, well, exactly. But anyways, man, I'm doing good. Sun is shining finally in Seattle. Yay. I know, right? Stupid sun. <laughs> Shut up about the sun. <laughs> Shut up about the sun. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't want to dilly-dally too much, um, but I went to the Stranger Things premiere uh, last weekend. That was a lot of fun. So if you're into Stranger Things... Uh, you should just know that uh, it's they've upped the scare factor up quite a bit. I think the first episode was probably the scariest Stranger Things episode that uh, to date for season four. Did you get to watch the entire season? No, we just watched the first episode. Oh, cool. I saw you. Uh, you met uh, the Karate Kid himself, too. Yeah. How cool is that? That was amazing. <laughs> did you did you like do a bonsai plant? thing? Uh, I don't no, know. Something? No, no. I, I shared a story with him about how my mom made his headband with uh a dish towel and a Sharpie and he <laughs> loved it. So I was like, dude, I wore that thing everywhere. I went I wore it to bed. I wore it to school. It was just, it was a part of me. Should have just told him Eagle Fang Karate's better though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quit being such a P word and adopt the Eagle Fang Karate. <laughs> yeah. That would have went over well, but no, That's, he was, was great. Amazing. He was good people. He loved chatting. You know, he just kind of hung out for a few minutes and just, um, shot the breeze. It was cool. And you met the guy, the which one's Phyllis. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, what is his name? Like uh, Brett Glendale, Brett. I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. He's he's in the other guys. I know you don't really like that movie, but he's so funny. He's like, Christina, you come into my home, you get my wife's name right. <laughs> yeah, he is uh, quite hilarious. He's a character actor, though. He's in um, the league as well. I didn't and, surprise um, me. Yeah, he's he's one that Kevin uh, sent to prison. And he's oh, he's like, like, so how was time? And he's like, rapey. <laughs> It's like, oh, were you the raper or the rapey? He's like, I was the rapey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Brett Gelman is his name. Brett Gelman. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, it looked fun. I saw, I saw yeah. the pictures, all the Twitters and all that stuff. It was cool. Yeah, it was fun. Good times. Uh, I'm glad I went. But yeah, I'm excited for season four, uh, which is long. Each episode's like a billion hours and then they're, <laughs> they're milking it. It's two parts. And then I guess there's even going to be another season. So uh my goodness they're gonna be like 25 years old by the time they get to the fifth season i know (laughs) takes a while i don't know how they're gonna do that but whatever maybe they'll all die and they'll have all new characters (laughs) final season (laughs) 
There you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, next, well, next generation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even more Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Meet the Parents from the year two thousand. Oh my goodness, twenty-two years ago. Where has the time gone? It's written by Jim Hertzfield, who you might know from the Jungle Book, Mowgli's story. Directed by Jay Roach, who did all three Austin Powers films, as well as Mystery Alaska, for all you hockey fans out there. Do you like that movie? Uh, yeah, with Russell Crowe and Hank Azaria, and there were some other people in it too, right? Mm-hmm. Just it's like folks. Miracle, but with a lot less Kurt Russell. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot less miracles. They were beating the Rangers at first, but then they came <laughs> out after the first period, and then they got their, their butts handed to them. But yeah, it, it was a good ending, though. Yeah. Bunch of losers. What can you do? Um, let's see. The cast includes Ben Stiller, Robert De Niro, a.k.a. Bobby D, Terry Polo, Blythe Danner, Nicole DeHuff, John Abrams, Owen Wilson, and James Rebhorn. Critical reception is pretty decent. It is a whopping 84% on the old tomato meter there. The audience score is a little bit less, 79. That's uh, still certified fresh. It's not too shabby. Uh, let's see here. Critical reception we have. Let's see. Lisa Alspector from Chicago Reader. Okay. We know that the folks in Chicago <laughs> don't like movies, right? So scenes that should have been uproarious are weaker than many of the movie's smaller moments, whose everyday humor isn't specific to the plot or characters. That happens, right? Comedies, they kind of have these little bits to kind of work off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Rick Groin from Globe and Mail says, "When the script puts its faith in its audience, allowing us to find the laughs on our own, the film is irresistible. A bright lark. Yet when the writers panic, upping the antic volume and shifting into crazed sitcom gear, the lark stops." Well, there you go. Let's see. Yeah. Neil Minow says, star-driven comedy at times, offensive and funny. Yeah, that's it. It has some offensive moments. Uh, let's see. Uh, Film for Staff says, packed with cringeworthy moments from beginning to end, Jay Roach's comedy is for anyone who has ever endured a weekend in the company of potential in-laws. So, yeah, kind of relatable, I'd say. Uh, let's see here. The budget was $55 million. It grossed $166 million here in the United States and Canada. Opening weekend was $28.6 million. That was on October 8th of the year 2000. And worldwide, you're looking at $330 million and enough to spawn two sequels. Not too shabby. Not too shabby indeed. I guess the MPAA were being kind of jerks about uh, the last name Fokker, and they wouldn't allow it unless there was actually somebody with the surname of Fokker. So whoever's Fokker out there, that's pretty awesome. They might have gotten famous after this movie, though. Who knows? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the studio, too, the writers, they wanted Jim Carrey to actually star as the lead, but uh, he contributed some jokes to the screenplay, but ultimately it went to Ben Stiller. And um, one of the biggest contributions that Jim Carrey did was the name Fokker. So this would be a, w- a weird movie with Jim Carrey in it. I don't know if it would have the same effect. Ben Stiller has kind of that dry humor. Um, Jim Carrey just would have been over the top and doing funny faces and voices and whatnot. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I still would have laughed probably. 
Um, <clears throat> and then all the clothes that Ben Stiller wore in the movie, he did not like them at all. And actually, the director, Jay Roach, do you say Roach or is it like Roak or something like that? I say Roach. I say Roach. Uh, Jay Roach just said, hey, you know, this is all part of it to keep you very uncomfortable. <laughs> so uh, he the only thing I, I think that I remember him wearing, well, the Speedo was weird. Uh, he wore the brother's baggy clothes and jacket and sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty much it, though, right? Yeah. Well, he also wore like um, Jack Jack like, Burns. Yeah, his jacket and like his like turtleneck thingy, and yeah, he wore the robe, the lacy robe. Too. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. And I think Jack's pajamas and whatnot. So, um, so if you do watch this, well, when this was on an airplane, if you do watch it on an airplane, they edit out the the scene where he says bomb, 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 because they felt like it was a. Uh, it shouldn't be used on an, on an airplane viewing, which is interesting to me, but whatever. And then there were also uh, I, I watched it on a plane this last weekend coming home from New York. <laughs> did, do you remember if it said bomb on it? Yeah, well, because it was like, uh, you know, 22 years had passed. But yeah, he definitely definitely said the line. Interesting. Like, what if I was a bombardier and all <laughs> Can't say bomb on an airplane. <laughs> said bomb on an airplane. The the scene where Jack is que- is questioning Greg about his circle of trust. He says he spent 19 months in a Vietnamese prison, and it made him a very patient man. It's a reference to the movie The Deer Hunter, and in that movie, Robert Nero spends time in a Vietnamese prison camp. So thought that that was interesting. Have you seen The Deer Hunter? It's the Russian roulette scene, right, with him and Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've only seen bits and pieces, but I've heard it's pretty. It's pretty- long. It's one of them. If you're ever in at a video store, it's one of them two tape deals <laughs> like Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christopher Walken was actually the second choice to play Jack Burns, which would be I think he would be great. I think that would he'd do a really good job. I loved Robert De Niro in this role, though. I can't I don't know if I could see anybody else as, as Jack Burns, honestly, but Christopher Walken could do a pretty good job, I think. And then finally, this was actually a remake of a 1992 version of Meet the Parents. It was an independent movie, and it was only 75 minutes long, or 75-minute short film, yeah. It starred Greg Galena and Mary Ruth Clark. Uh, They also wrote the script. Galena directed the film on a budget of about $100,000, and they weren't able to find distributors for the film, so they sold the rights to Universal Pictures. So I didn't know that. Interesting. I wonder if they worked on some back-end deals, though, too this movie got famous or it's kind of like hey we sold sold you the script and that's kind of you're done with it sort of yeah i think they're done with it mm, well, but i mean they probably would have sold it to make their money back that's true makes more I mean, sense i hope <laughs> it's just good business <laughs> <laughs> the guy made a million dollars yeah i hope yeah I know, we'll right? see well, if you have not seen Meet the Parents, I'm going to read a synopsis. Uh, go ahead and skip ahead like maybe three minutes. How did you watch Meet the Parents, by the way? That's a good question. Uh, stars. It was on Stars. Um, okay. I thought I owned it, but I only own the DVD. I own that and I own Meet the Fockers on DVD. It was actually one of the first DVDs I've owned. But um, yes, it is available on Stars. Cool. And we are probably going to quote this movie a lot during this. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's it's going to be I, hard. <laughs> This is a movie that I quote uh, pretty regularly, you know, <laughs> just in daily life and routine. Down low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no down. Doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> uh. Okay. So Gaylord Greg Fokker is a nurse living in Chicago. He intends to propose to his girlfriend, Pam Burns, but his plan is disrupted when they are invited to the wedding of Pam's sister, Debbie, at their parents' house on Long Island. 
Greg decides to impress Pam's parents first and proposes to her in front of her family. But this plan is put on hold when the airline company loses his luggage, which contains the engagement ring. At the Burns house, Greg meets Pam's father, Jack, mother, Dina, and their beloved cat, Jinx. Jinxie cat, Jinxie cat. Uh, despite I me- love you. <laughs> I won't hurt you. <laughs> despite maintaining a friendly demeanor towards him, Jack is immediately suspicious of Greg and openly criticizes him for his choice of career as a male nurse and anything else he sees as a difference between Greg and the Burns family. Greg attempts to impress Jack, but his efforts fail. He becomes even more uncomfortable after he receives an impromptu lie detector test from Jack and later learns from Pam that Jack is a retired CIA operative. Meeting the rest of Pam's family and friends, Greg still feels like an outsider. Despite efforts to impress her family, his inadvertent actions make him an easy target uh, for ridicule. Greg unintentionally gives Debbie a broken nose and a black eye during a pool volleyball game, uh, uses a malfunctioning toilet which floods the Burns' backyards of sewage, and sets a wedding altar on fire. There wasn't so much damn lacquer on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's an altar, Greg, or you might call it a hopa. Hopa. <laughs> Several misunderstandings are also caused Jack to believe Greg is a marijuana user after Pam's weed-using brother are you a pothead fucker? <laughs> unintentionally frames him. Later, Greg loses Jinx and replaces him with a stray whose tail he spray paints to make him look like Jinx, which happens to also make a mess of the house, though the real Jinx is later found. By now, the entire Burns family, including Pam, agrees that it is best for Greg to leave Long Island until the wedding concludes. Desperate to save himself, Greg reveals he has seen Jack engaging in some secret activity with some shady characters and that Jack is planning a secret mission after the wedding. Jack talked high. Jack talked high real well. (laughs) Uh, Jack angrily reveals that the secret mission was a surprise honeymoon for Debbie and her fiance, Bob, and Greg realizes he has only dug himself into a deeper hole. Uh, unwilling to, unwillingly, Greg goes to the airport where he is detained by airport security for insisting that his luggage stays with him rather than be checked. Back at the Burns house, Jack learns from a disappointed Pam that Greg's real name is Gaylord and is presented with proof that Greg passed the medical college admis- admission test. Despite this, Jack still states his belief that Greg is unsuitable husband for Pam because of the mistakes and lies he made, but is told off by Dina over his consistent picking apart of any man Pam brings home and that he didn't even like Pam's previous fiance, Kevin, until after they broke up. After hearing Pam make a heartfelt phone call to Greg to apologize for not sticking up for him earlier, Jack realizes that Pam truly loves Greg. He rushes to the airport, convinces airport security to release Greg and brings him back to the Burns house. As Greg is proposing to Pam, Jack and Dina listen in on their conversation from another room, agreeing that they should now meet Greg's parents, though both are visibly worried about this. After Debbie's wedding, Jack views footage of Greg recorded by hidden cameras that he had placed strategically around the house in which Greg calls Jack a psycho and mocks him and exposes Denny as the true marijuana user. Jerusalem to lip. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You don't know shit about. You don't know shit about flowers. <laughs> yeah, anytime someone didn't know what I would say, like if I if I said something, they're like, "What?" I go, "Jerusalem, what?" <laughs> <laughs> I did that forever. Oh, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, I don't worry about it. That's right, the uh, Jerusalem uh, Tulipus uh, family. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> we look forward to watching that girl. Girl, that's I was just reading funny. up on breast pumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, jeez. All right. So when did you first see Meet the Parents and what were your first impressions? Definitely not when it came out. I think it was probably a year or two afterwards. Uh, how old was I? So I was like 15 probably when I saw it or maybe 14. And I, I thought it was really funny. I think there were some jokes I didn't get, of course, because I was a kid. But I really enjoyed it. 
Um, and I've seen it uh, tons of times since, and we quote it all the time. It's just, it's really funny, actually. Yeah. It's hard not to quote it, but we always say, you know, you chew it, <laughs> that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Say that one quite a bit, and we're like, you can get a whole lot of mums. <laughs> um, oh, what else do we say? The little Kim, she's fat, you know, pH. <laughs> yeah. That one's really good. Sure, sure. Yeah, we, we, quote, we quote it quite a bit. So I really enjoy it. Uh, I did see the sequel because I think there's two sequels. There's Meet the Fockers and I think there's Little Fockers. Yeah, I don't remember anything about Little Fockers, but I did like Meet the Fockers because I like Dustin Hoffman and I like Barbara Streisand and I thought that they were great in it. But Robert De Niro is just such an amazing actor and he's awesome when he does these comedic roles because he just I, I keep thinking of him in like Casino or Goodfellas or something. It's it's hard to to take him it's hard to not take him serious, but yeah, he's he's great in this movie so much. Your name was Angela, the angel from heaven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like one of my favorite scenes. Oh, it's so good. So that good. That poem is off-putting. Yeah, it really oh, is. Oh, man. Yeah, so I saw opening day. Uh, my ex-wife, who we were dating at the time, this was, uh, she came to see me when I was in, I was in college and everything. And uh, it was our first like weekend, you know, alone kind of thing. And uh, it was fun. I had a blast. I was just because I feel like this movie is always on stars. Because when you said it's on stars, for some reason, it registered in my brain. And I was like, oh, of course it is. I feel like I've always seen it on stars, even when I was a kid. Like, it's always it's like the <laughs> staple, right? It's like Con Air is on TNT or Shawshank is on it's TNT. True. It's like Meet the Parents is always on stars. They, they bought the Lifetime streaming, right? Seriously, I feel like they kind of did. Honestly, it's weird. But yeah, when you said it, it registered. So I was like, huh. But I didn't see it in theaters. Where did you where what theater did you see it at? I saw it at the AMC 20 in Fullerton, the same theater that I saw the mummy. <laughs> mummy Lebowski. <laughs> I almost did that, but I changed my mind. At the last second. <laughs> For Mother's Day, we're doing the mummy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, I saw all kinds of movies there. I saw House of Thousand Corpses there. I saw all the Lord of the Rings movies there. At least the not not the Hobbit ones, but the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was kind of my go-to theater. Is it still around? The theater? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't hmm. know. I don't live in photo anymore, but I don't, can't imagine it going away. Strange things have happened, I suppose. It's true. I even saw Hustle and Flow there. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's hard out here for a Whoop meal. that trick. Whoop that <laughs> trick. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. That was the go-to. There you go. Yeah. Uh... Finding Man, Uptown all the way. Um, so, near the beginning of the film, Greg wants to propose to Pam by having the children in their class hold up the letters asking, you know, hey, will you marry me, Pam? Uh, have you ever done a fun romantic gesture like this? Not necessarily involving kids, but just something that's sort of grand and spectacular. Uh, I, I don't know how grand and, and spectacular it, it was, but I mean, I, I have had times. I've never been married. I've never uh, proposed to anybody, but I had I remember this gal that I was starting to date. I told her that I wanted to sweep her off her feet and never let her touch the ground. And she loved that. It was cool, too, because I, I thought of it myself and I thought it was very sweet and romantic. Um, I would do things like all day dates too, uh, like plan things with with gals and just kind of, you know, significant others that I was seeing. We would start early somewhere and just kind of go with the flow and see what would happen. And that was always really fun. So that uh, wasn't like an itinerary? Not a, not a hard set itinerary. Sometimes there were. So like uh, for one gal that I dated for quite a while, uh, for her birthday, I messaged her friends 
like her two really good friends. And I, I was like, Hey, I'm good at surprises too, by the way. So I said, Hey, do you guys want to come down and have a birthday for Leanna? And you guys can do like a spa day. I, I'll, I'll book this thing. And then you guys can do dinner and like a girl's day. Cause she hasn't seen you in, in, in ages. And they're like, Oh, that, that's so cool. Like, thanks for putting this together. And it was pretty prime. Cause I woke up and I like made her breakfast and stuff, uh, for her birthday. And I was like, all right, so go ahead and get showered and put this stuff on. And she's like, what? And I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to push you out of car as we're driving sort of thing. Get but, in the flash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, super devil juice. <laughs> yeah. um, Give me that little girl. Give me that little girl. Uh, so, yeah, but took her there. She was super excited. They were gone all day. She was really, really happy. And I just got tons of kudos for that. But I mean, that's about it. I haven't really done anything overly romantic. Do you ever did you ever do those uh, like you get a big poster board and you you write out like a sentence but you use candy bars uh for certain nouns or certain adjectives and stuff so it says like i get snickers when i'm around you and you <laughs> no. know and someday someday if you stick with me we can get a hundred grand or something no um, i've never done that and you attach candy bars so we used to do that as kids all the time and i did that once for a girl i was dating and she thought it was the dumbest thing in the world but she also loved it and then we ate the candy bars together so <laughs> i thought it was sweet so that's about that's about as sweet as I can get. I've never done anything involving kids like saying marry me or, or whatever like he does in the movie. I don't do good with candy bars. I bought all the ingredients to make s'mores and I eat I ate all three <laughs> ingredients at separate times. <laughs> that's not a candy bar though, but that's awesome. No, but I know, but like I'm just it started with the candy bar. I was like, oh, I could use a little Hershey bar. <laughs> Like, oh, it's pretty goddamn good. Maybe I'll have another one. And then, like, a day goes by, and then I had dinner, and then I was like, fuck, I could go for some chocolate right now. And then <laughs> the six-pack of Hershey bars turned into a no-pack, and then <laughs> then I was snacky, and I wanted the... Uh, I was like, oh, I'll have some graham crackers. And then I ate all the graham crackers, and then there's just the marshmallows were left. And At that point, good. you don't even have all the ingredients here. Like, well, might as well eat them now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the fuck? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's supposed to work. It doesn't work. <laughs> I botched that one, man. Yeah, all I have I had a hard to do time. is open hard, them up together. I have a hard time with that too. Like during during Halloween or during uh, Christmas or something like that, when you buy the bags of candy, I'm like, I got to be careful with this. But you got to eat them to get rid of them. So yeah, right. Yeah, what I started doing was buying like a couple of bags, and one was for candy that I know I like, and then one was for candy that sort of last resort candy, and then there's candy that I'll never touch. <laughs> so, you can guess which one the kids get. <laughs> That's awesome. It works out pretty good. Uh, so. I like when when he does do that and that little girl's like, hey, Pam, isn't that your special friend? Why can't she just say that that's my my boyfriend or fiance or whatever he is, right? I thought mm-hmm. that that was weird, but I like the kid. He's like, why don't you go talk to her? Yeah. <laughs> I, that's like the part that I remember. Why don't you go talk to him? That's the part I remember the most from it. So. Yeah. Love the accents. I know. It's like It's like our friend Carly. Yeah. She's having a bad time. What? I saw she tweeted that she was at some like La Quinta Inn or something. (laughs) Wasn't going well. You're going to have a bad time at the La Quinta Inn. (laughs) (laughs) So Pam's mom, Dina, drives me crazy with her annoying tick. She like clicks her mouth. She winks. She does this baby talk and I can't stand baby talk. Are there any ticks that drive you crazy town banana pants? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think when people repeat certain words, so things like like, you know, whatever. I was doing a, a 
a work call and this person kept saying or whatever at the end of every sentence. So they, they'd say, and that was my favorite part or whatever. But then I was watching the movie or whatever, and it was coming across this way or whatever. And I was like, stop saying that. <laughs> so it was a, it was a ton. My mom, I love her, but she does it too. And she says two of the same things. She always tells me that everything is really safe. So she'll say, oh, I have this, I have this uh, cute little apartment. You know, it's really safe. The neighborhood's always good. It's really safe. And and this car that I drive around, you know, it's a, it's a good little car. It's really safe. And so that's like one of her, her fun things that she says. And she also says a good little all the time. So she says, you know, it's, it, it's a good little office that I work at. And uh, the place, my apartment's great. It's a good little apartment. And, um, you know, I, I have a good little bit of money that I can save for it and all that stuff. So I got her a mug. Uh, a Ruth Bader Ginsburg themed mug for uh, Christmas. And I wanted to write at the bottom of it uh, a good little mug because I told my aunt and uncle about it. And so it was like always this inside joke, but I forgot to write it. And as soon as uh, my aunt got it, she showed my uh, I'm sorry, as soon as my mom got it, my uncle texted me and he's like, that was a good little gift. You just sent your mom. (laughs) (laughs) We were laughing. So that's our inside joke. But I mean, it doesn't annoy me necessarily when my mom does it. I'm just very hyper aware of it. I'm like, I got it. It's a good little thing. So um, if someone can't sit still, too, I know I get fidgety, but you get really fidgety. I know, but I definitely have times, though, that I can easily, especially if I'm watching a movie or something like that, I can totally sit still. so I, I more look at that Being in a Vietnamese prison camp. We'll do that too. <laughs> yeah. Doing a plain Russian roulette. So, um, and then also people who chew with their mouth open. I don't like watching people eat food on films. Um, I don't like when you're like with somebody and they're just chewing with their mouth open. I don't care if they talk while they eat, but it's more, you know, just cu- close your mouth. Yeah. Oh God, just close your mouth. And we, in college, my buddy, Aaron, who listens to the show, we, we would always say we were assholes to him at times. He'd be eating and I'm like, hey, Aaron, how's that chicken sandwich? He'd be like, and he'd say, oh, it's good. I'd be like, yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> just <laughs> like a dick. <laughs> and then it became a point when I would just do it and not even let him answer and just be like, yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> so, oh, uh, I know. But those those little ticks kind of annoy me. And, you know, you know, when I read this question, though, I didn't even realize that Dina did that stuff that she clicked uh, her tongue yeah. or whatever. Well, she goes, she goes, she makes that sound. Oh, she yeah. Wins. Uh, yeah. Isn't that Gwyneth Paltrow's mom? Blythe Danner? It is. It's Blythe Danner. There you go. Blame goop on her. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Gross. You got to eat the charcoal. If you just eat the charcoal, it's good for you. Yeah, don't do that. Yikes. uh, I notice um, now I say, and so, on this podcast. I don't know when that started. Maybe a long time ago. But, you know, you were mentioning that... Uh, when someone says like or filler words, uh, my bridge to thoughts is and so. <laughs> yeah, it's fine if ever if you know if you're getting in a, a rhythm of talking about something and you you use it. But if it's when people constantly use it. Sure. At least you're I mean, aware. I feel of like. It. Well, I wasn't aware of it until I listened to an episode mm. and I was like. When did I start saying and so all the time? <laughs> it happens. <That's> new. <laughs> so I will try to be better at that. I apologize if that is a tick you can't stand. No. That I is better myself. That doesn't bother me. It's it's more I don't know. It 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 really just depends on the person and what they're saying. Uh, additionally, if they swear a lot, 
So like I swear, we all swear for the most part, but if somebody uses it instead of everyday words where you could just say this shiny microphone, if they say this fucking microphone, I'm like, why'd you, why'd you have to say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just say something, something different, right? So where they, they constantly use it in every sentence that can be really annoying to me at times, but it's okay. Sure. I don't lose, I don't lose sleep over it or anything. Oh man, I had nightmares last night. I didn't like it. About what? I lost sleep. I don't remember, but I woke up in a, in a huff. Was it about LeClaire, uh, his engine failing when he had a no. really, really healthy lead? <laughs> no, I was being chased by somebody, something. Oh, my gosh. Freddy Krueger? No, mm. I don't know who it was. He was doing the puppet thing with you? <laughs> no, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Uh-uh, don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> you did not get to puppet me. <laughs> Tell him like it is. Uh, but I do feel like I was on the level Blood Gulch in Halo. Now that I, I like that level. That's a good yeah. one. That's a classic. Yeah. I was being chased. I didn't have a flag either, so that's weird. That's like <laughs> the ultimate CTF level, too. I know. It's like the ultimate CTF level. I, oh, I, I miss it. I was my warthog. I don't drive to the other base. Easy peasy. So. Or if you're like the TV show, you just take your helmet off first. So. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't see with his <laughs> so helmet stupid. on. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Okay, anyways. So, Jack is a human lie detector. He don't need no machines to tell him when someone's lying. How would you rate your <laughs> lie detecting abilities? Can you tell Zach when someone is lying? I think for the most part I can. We did like with loss prevention when we did that, you kind of pick up on what people are saying, their, their verbal cues, uh, their visual cues. It's not an exact science, but typically you can you can tell when someone's lying if they're kind of looking the, the other way or, you know, especially if you know the answer and you're giving them an opportunity to be truthful, you pick it up pretty mm. quick. Um, as a general rule of thumb, I did not have a lot of trust for anybody who you'd you'd stop as a shoplifter. Even if they tell you something, you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jo- <laughs> jot that down, but I'll come back to it later. Yeah, I was just being. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was just being too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all were. Um, he's like, how many times do you do it? He's like, I don't know, a few times, <laughs> every once in a while. A <laughs> um, hundred, couple hundred. Yeah, who keeps track of these things? <laughs> Oh gosh. Hope they give you the chair. But any anyways, yeah, I think it really depends. I I have been known to be like, ooh, I don't know if I trust what they're saying right now. Um, so I wouldn't be as good as like actually checking someone's pulse and, and doing that. Those there's also a lot of intricacies that go into lie detectors and general polygraphs, which aren't foolproof. That's why they're um inadmissible at co- in court. You can't really like do anything with them. It's more just a almost like a scare tactic too. But uh, I, I think I'm pretty, pretty good at it for the most part. Um, it was, it was a funny aspect in this film too. I really enjoyed it. Do you watch pornographic movies? He's like, no, <laughs> the thing is just before he's even saying it, just going off the chart. Oh, it was good. I really enjoyed that quite a bit. And then, um, yeah, I have to imagine that just being hooked up to a machine like that is you're going to have a certain, uh, heightened sense of anxiety. Just, mm-hmm because you don't want to fail even if you are being 100% truthful you know your heart rate is going to go up just because you're participating in such a uh, an experiment so i did a polygraph test when i was trying to become a police officer and they ask you baseline questions so the, the whole thing takes like an hour and it's probably 55 minutes of them asking you test questions basically like is your name Zach Rancourt is you know, are you from right. this place? Did you drive here today? And um, just to see a baseline and to calm you down. But then they ask you like 10 actual questions. Um, 
they can stop it at any time too if they think that you're being dishonest, which is kind of ridiculous. I mean, ultimately it was a blessing in disguise. I didn't want to work for state patrol, but it's um, it's it's a weird feeling, and you are anxious. And the way that I was trained uh, for polygraphs of like when I did my um, my internships and my schooling, they said be truthful for everything because they'll they'll find out if not. So, I mean, they asked me a question which was a, a, quali- a disqualifying question for me. They said, have you ever sold drugs? And I, of course I haven't sold drugs, but in high school there was a time when I, I had like a, a dime bag of weed or something like that on me. And, and you sold it for 10 cents. I didn't I didn't want the rest of it because I, w- I wasn't like a, I wasn't a stoner smoking doobies with my brothers or anything <laughs> I like said that. that last night. <laughs> I made a joke and Alex didn't laugh. So I was like smoking doobies with my brothers. And I was going down the steps. She, didn't, like, she still didn't laugh. She'd be like, hey, you want to listen to some records? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've fallen and I can't get up. So um, you technically sold but you didn't really sell so so yeah like i bought i bought a bag of weed for like 10 bucks and then i i sold it to my my friend Corey for like five bucks because i was like hey i don't i don't want the rest of this the thing about it is i was i was a kid in high school so like 10 years had passed and i I didn't even realize like i was like i don't think i sold him the weed i think i just gave it to him but i was airing on the side of caution and then they said that that was a disqualifying factor for me because I sold drugs. And I was like, are you out of your fucking mind? Because I thought about it and I said, how could they ever corroborate that information? Are they going to go ask my stoner friend? Hey, do you remember when <laughs> Zach sold you a bag of weed? He's going to be like, what? <laughs> like, who's Zach? So, Snyder? Yeah. <laughs> release the Snyder cut? It's it's ridiculous. And, and so that's what I mean. It, it's more... I wonder if the polygrapher, I think, I don't know if that's what they're called, the polyamorous person, <laughs> if, they're, if they're the one who's can can maybe look at your body language and stuff. But you hear about this stuff all the time about people beating lie detectors by, you know, stepping on a, a thumbnail like an Ocean's Eleven or whatever. So it's, it's so weird because the phys- physiological responses that your body has when you lie, some people, sociopaths are just fantastic liars. So... I don't know. You're a really good liar at times, like with palm trees and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good. I'll, I'll believe you hook, line, and sinker at moments. But one thing I do when we go hiking with my friends is because we just start talking. I start telling us a life story and I'll be like, yeah, so when I was a kid, uh, my grandpa, he was he's really rich. And um, it was kind of weird for us because, you know, we didn't really we, we didn't grow up with money. But our grandpa, who was really rich and he just uh, he had a lot of money and he took my, my sister and I on a trip with him to Hawaii and it was awesome. You know, we got to fly in his helicopter and we kind of went around. Um, we met up with uh, some other people that were there too, just like coworkers. I think there was a scientist there and then um, there were a couple other uh, excavators or these people who just like you know, diggers or something like that. But anyways, we went through and um, we thought it was just a zoo, but uh, my grandpa kept saying <laughs> we spared no expense. And so I get people going on stories like for five minutes long. And then I just wait until I say it. I'm like, yeah. And so, you know, we pull up to the, the fences and we're looking around and we we see the goats missing. And all of a sudden we hear a roar and people are like, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so I do that quite a bit. It's it's That's pretty funny. fun. I know I, I get a chuckle out of it. I tried to do it with Jaws one time and it almost worked. I was like, yeah, man, everyone was too scared to go in the water this summer. It was just it was crazy. And then the we found the girl's body and like <laughs> people were like, is, they're like, it's a shark. And I was like, it's a what? <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. what? Well, to 
Just to clarify something, when I do lie about something, I immediately come clean. <laughs> it's pretty I funny. I don't want people walking around with misinformation. <laughs> yeah, I call it. I call it a white lie. It's pretty funny. It's. I. I. I think it now. Now though, I keep my guard up when when I'm talking with you. I'm like, hang on a second. I don't know if this is accurate or not. So there's a there's a Seinfeld episode where Jerry's dating this woman named Donna Chang. And he thinks she's Chinese, but when he when she introduces herself, he's like, "Who are you?" She's like, "I'm Donna Chang." She's like, "Oh, did you think I was Chinese?" She's like, "My name used to be uh, Chang Steen," and then it, she dropped the Steen and just became Donna Chang. And so, when I was with David at lunch the other day, we were talking about this guy uh, with the last name Chang, <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, oh, he's Jewish, you know that?" And he's like, "He is." I'm like, "Yeah, it was Chang Steen, but he dropped it uh, when he was, <laughs> when he started working for a Japanese company." And he's like, really? <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I was like, I had you too, man. He's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, oh, I got you good, you fucker. <laughs> but I just watched that episode, so it was like yeah. all fresh in my head. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, I had you going. I probably would have believed you too. <laughs> so. It was silly. That's silly, awesome. silly, silly. But yeah, like, I mean, when, when Alex and I were driving and we were like all the way up and like, redding california and there was a palm tree <laughs> i was like i was like and she she's like wow there's a palm tree i'm like oh my god you found it she's like well i'm like that's literally the northernmost palm tree in all of california she's like are you serious i'm like yeah and i was like i can't i was like i totally forgot about it and i, and I was i had a, i made a mental note like to be on the lookout for it and i totally totally spaced so i'm so glad you saw it that was that was that would have drove me crazy she's like, wow that's awesome and then like uh, two miles down the road <laughs> Yeah, but you know those are the ones that actually they don't grow native in California. They gotta they gotta export them from Hawaii. So yeah. Oh man. <laughs> or import them from Hawaii. Yeah. I'm good with the palm trees. Guilty with the stories. <laughs> oh man. But it was a lie. I'm bad. <laughs> anyway, that brings me to my next question. Can you ever truly trust someone? According to Jack, the answer is no. You cannot. <laughs> which, which is really funny the way he delivers that. No, you cannot. <laughs> What are your thoughts on trust? Do you trust folks pretty early or is trust something that must be earned with you? Uh, I don't know. Kind, this of, one, kind of back and forth. Huh? I know this one's really tough because I really try to give people the benefit of the doubt right off the bat. I, I really try to be trusting, especially with, you know, giving people the shirt off my back, the literal shirt off my back. I will bend over backwards to help people, even if I've only just met them. But then there are other times, too, that, yeah, like because my past has jaded me a little bit, I do keep my guard up for certain things, especially like in a relationship. I'll be incredibly trusting, but I do look at situations. I'm like, huh, so you're going over here to hang out with two of your ex-boyfriends in a town across the way. Like, I'm sorry if I have a little trepidation about that and then, you know, all that kind of stuff. But with friends, I... I definitely trust them right away unless they do something where um, I don't like being lied to for plans. Like if, if someone says, hey, I'm I'm, I'm going to stay in tonight because I have a, a bunch of work I need to do. And then I see on their Instagram, they're out partying or something. That's <laughs> that's weird to me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. So it's it's um, I think you can definitely trust people and we need to make sure that we keep our, our hearts and our minds open for that. But you do have to earn it, though, too. And I remember in high school, I lost my mom's trust because I threw a party at my house. I thought I got away with it, you know, um, and I thought that I was uh, in the clear and everything like that. A week had passed and then my mom found out and I, I had to come clean to her. And 
she was she wasn't mad she was disappointed and she uh said i she lost my trust and i was like no so that was that was a hard thing to earn back so i think that that's pretty huge but yeah you can definitely trust people i i I think obviously for the comedic effect jack's gonna say that and he was in the cia he probably saw the worst things right yeah that's fair i kind of go back and forth i do think it's interesting how the whole idea that you can talk to a complete stranger Versus telling like one of your friends something. I always think that 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 level of trust that is just almost instant, you know? Yeah, that, that's that was, very fascinating, actually. Yeah, it's like your strangers on a train and then all of a sudden you'd let them know that. Yeah, so I got this buried, this body buried in my backyard. <laughs> Don't tell nobody. <laughs> I got him in the back if you want him. I'm just kidding. No, no. I was into that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. Boy. I do think that that's. That is interesting how you can just spark up a conversation with someone that you literally just met and you might tell them something that maybe none of your friends even know about you. That's uh, it's weird to put your guard down in a situation like that. Well, I wonder, too, if it's it's maybe you just don't you think they're not going to judge you or even if they do judge you, you're just not going to care. Yeah. You're like, I'm not going to see this fucker again. <laughs> what do I care? Yeah. And with your friends, you're like, well, I don't want to tell Justin that I eat all the s'mores ingredients by myself every night because he's going to judge me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I have been judged (laughs) quite a bit. (laughs) And that's okay. It's fine. I am what I am. I'm a fat. (laughs) PH fat. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Lil' Kim. We have a lot in common. I'll be sure to tell her that when I see her next time. So one of my favorite scenes in this film is when Jack and Greg are in the car listening to Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter, Paul, and Mary. (laughs) Greg mentions the deeper meaning to the lyrics and in associating it with uh, marijuana. Are there any songs that you enjoy where you didn't quite get the lyrics until someone pointed them out to you? So I had to look these up because uh, I remembered in the back of my mind a bunch of these. And I remember seeing like a YouTube video on it or something. But TLC Waterfalls, it's actually about AIDS. It's about getting yeah. AIDS, which I didn't know, but I was like, oh, because they talk about HIV and stuff. I, th- and I'm like, I think the video illustrates that better than the song, because the song you're just kind of rocking out to yeah. and just kind of jamming. But when you watch the music video, that makes more sense. The only thing I remember in the music video are them with their wet jeans in the water. And I'm like, those are going to be really uncomfortable later because wet jeans suck. So <laughs> the, um, the song Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People is about a school shooting. Yeah, uh, I did not know because that's a real catchy song. And I remember like kids were listening to it and jamming out to it. And I'm like, huh, okay. It was, it was on TV shows. It, yeah. was, it was everywhere. It was blasted on the radio like crazy. Here we're in the middle of like just this horrible era of like over the last 20 years of just school shootings and mass yeah. shootings for in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we it's all sad. But then you turn on your radio and then you're like hitting the ceiling of the car, <laughs> rocking out to Boston Pumped the up kicks. Yeah. <laughs> better run, better run. Yeah. Um, that one, Every Breath You Take by the Police, awesome song, but it's really creepy when you listen to the lyrics. It's about like him stalking basically an ex-lover, and which is fascinating because Sting could probably get any person that he wanted, but the fact that he's like stalking her, it's super creepy. Um, Semi-Charmed Life, it's actually about meth. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And whenever someone asks me, what song do you think defines the 1990s for you? Or what song is a a, a <laughs> soundtrack like, for the 90s? Yeah. Yeah. I never know that any of the words. I just know, I don't want something else. And then the only thing I know is the chorus. But yeah, Third Eye Blind, I, I liked them quite a bit. They had a lot of weird songs. They had Jumper. 
about like suicide and stuff, a uh, whole bunch of other things. But Semi Charmed Life is is a, is a tasty one. And then mm-hmm. our personal favorite, Fast Car from Tracy Chapman. It's just oh. a really sad song. It is sad. <laughs> it's, 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 it's catchy. It's good. But the if you listen to the lyrics, it's really heavy. She's, <laughs> so, she's down on her luck. I know. She's had, a, she's had it rough. Slave to the bottle, time. that's the way it is. Oh, yeah. It's so sad. But yeah, those, I mean, there are plenty out there too that are like that. But those are the ones that I at least remembered and, and could could uh, fall back on. There's a lot of like hip hop songs out there too that are real intense. And you have like kids twerking on TikTok to them. I'm like, do you even know like what the song is about? <laughs> so it's interesting. But do you know of any? Uh, So... Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, but like one that I thought was funny with my mom, she was singing that song, The Bad Touch by Bloodhound Gang. Oh, <laughs> you like, and me, you baby and me, ain't nothing yeah. mammal. <laughs> yeah, my mom's like walking around singing, you and me, baby ain't nothing but mammals. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> calm down, mom. I can appreciate you rocking out to like, you know, today's hits. But are you aware of the words that you were saying? <laughs> And uh, I like broke it down for her and then finished the next line. So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. She's like, oh, get horny now. (laughs) Do it again now. Be like, mom, that's actually the northernmost song. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, I thought that was really funny when that happened. Uh, But when I was a when I was a kid, uh, I probably would have been 10 when the album came out. But uh, Clean by Depeche Mode, you know, that's uh it's basically him no longer on drugs. But as I was singing it, it didn't really make sense. But then when I got like when I was uh, in high school and just kind of just being in my room doing homework kind of thing, then it's like, oh, OK, where he's like clean, the cleanest I've been an end to the tears and the in-between years and the troubles that I've seen now that I'm clean. You know what I mean? And he's like, I've broken my fall. I put an end to it all. I've changed my routine now that I'm clean. I was like, oh, Drugs are bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you probably, you had no idea about what that was, what that song meant, right? When you were younger, so right? It's yeah, interesting. I mean, how would I know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be like, you're clean. Like you took a shower. Yeah, <laughs> take two this showers. Guy really likes baths. <laughs> <laughs> Got the rubber ducky and everything. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Yeah. So that one kind of came to mind, but uh, yeah, good stuff. Florence Nightingale over here play a little defense. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because that was a joke that I didn't get when I was 20 because yeah. nurses wore sort of the Florence Nightingale mm-hmm. outfit and he's a male nurse. I don't know, he's like, the matter, Greg, RN. <laughs> and anytime you can point out that he's a fucking nurse, it cracks me up, dude. I think that's so funny. I know. It's, it's, oh. that, that didn't age very well because I know male nurses and they're great. Um, I mean, it's not it's not a gender specific uh, role. It's, it's just it's, it's, it's so just stupid. funny that they made a joke about it in this movie. But yeah, I, don't but know, I, I think because they're older and they yeah. like how your your grandparents say shit that they shouldn't say because it's like they grew up in that time kind of thing. I feel like that the whole nursing aspect is the same thing. Mm hmm. Yeah, like he's moved to triage. Oh, is that better than being a nurse? <laughs> like, oh my god, you're the worst. Yeah. How's your portfolio? I'd say strong, strong. very strong, <laughs> very strong. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but I am curious, anyone else out there listening, if there are some songs that uh, you didn't quite get the meaning to right away, and it was either pointed out or maybe with uh, your age and maturity, these songs started to make a little bit more sense. So let us know. Uh, the entire dinner scene cracks me up from start to finish. Everything from Greg saying grace, uh, the fake day camera. Day by day. <laughs> yeah. Which is the song playing in the in the 
the convenience store. The song Day by Day is playing in oh. the, when he's buying the mums. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> so it's like fresh in his head, I think, is the, the take on that. Uh, with the fake camera, Jack's poem, of course, and then ultimately the demise of the urn. Uh, my question, Zach, RN, is <laughs> have you ever accidentally broken something special while a guest in someone's home? This one was tough. I was really trying to rack uh, my brain and, and and think, but I don't I don't remember ever breaking anything. I thought I flooded a toilet once, but I don't think that that's accurate. Uh, I do have an example when a friend he was telling me a story when he went to his his girlfriend's house and met his uh, their parents. This was like the second time meeting them, but. He Did had he go, to go up to a fence and the goat was gone? <laughs> no. <laughs> he had to go. He, he had to go number two. And so he went to the bathroom uh, and he looked over and there was no toilet paper. And he was like, shit, literally. And so he he checked like in the drawers and stuff, no toilet paper. So he didn't know what to do. So he just jumped in the shower. <laughs> he took a shower <laughs> at their house and was like, well, and then his girlfriend's like, did you just take a shower? He's like, yeah, I'll explain later. <laughs> I don't think that the parents really said anything about it. I don't think they really cared, but he's like, also, you're out of toilet paper. So <laughs> they kind of fit together. If so facto. If so facto. Yeah. I'm your boss. <laughs> bank works for me. You work for the bank. I'm your boss. Um, I was dating a gal uh, and she, I went over to her her mom's house um, and it was, it was a really nice house. It was the first time meeting her. It was really awkward because she talked about the ex-boyfriend that my girlfriend had and they broke up like six months before we started dating and she just kept saying oh you know i really miss matt and i was sitting here like drinking my my (laughs) beer that i had and carly was like mom like i don't care i'm not with him i'm with zach and i was just like yeah this is really weird and then also she was a hardcore trump supporter and kept talking about how awful liberals are and all these things again i drank a lot of beer that that trip i was like yeah this is a very very awkward i didn't break anything though they had a really really nice cat and i was it did remind me of meet the parents where i was like i better not let this cat outside because they had a rule they said you can't let it outside and anytime you open a door it would try to to bolt for the door and so i was like i'm gonna be that idiot who's gonna accidentally open the door it's just gonna freaking bolt (laughs) so (laughs) and then i have to go find a rare like bengal tiger cat somewhere (laughs) spray paint a dog or something (laughs) like that (laughs) totally the um i had a a buddy his name was brian the the one i always saw the movies with oh yeah and uh, five dollar movies yeah 450 (laughs) and uh he was swinging this golf club in in our living room and he hit the chandelier and broke it but my sister and I had already broken the chandelier and we and we taped it up and glued it like like two or three years before. And I was like, oh, man, what'd you do? And, and he was like, uh, he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, well, you got to stay or stick around and let my parents know that you broke it. And he's like, oh, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, don't worry. They won't be mad. But he was so nervous. And my parents get home. He's like, Mr. and Mrs. Cavender, I'm so sorry, but I broke your chandelier. I was swinging my golf club in the house and I'm, I'm terribly sorry. And they're like, man, Justin broke that thing like two years ago. You almost and got like, away with it. I know. And, and uh, they were mad at me for making him feel bad. <laughs> I'm over there laughing my ass off, but, but he, he was really embarrassed. It was sad. Aww. 
That's sad. That reminds me of this time, though. I was on a road trip with a buddy, and uh, he went inside to go ask for directions, and I, I was getting gas and hit this really, really nice car. So I was, I was getting it, and I had to move the car over to a pump, and I accidentally hit the door, and the door bent the other way. And so then I just... Yeah. <laughs> I knew where this was going. <laughs> What'd you do? All I got's all diesel. I, all, all I got is diesel. Better move to the next stop. <laughs> What'd you do? For anyone who didn't get the reference, it was from the movie Tommy Boy, which we quote quite a bit. So that movie yeah. is... And you're really smart, so... <laughs> Picking up your sarcasm. Oh, God. 22 miles <laughs> the other way. You're in the wrong state. Get yourself a new map. <laughs> So, uh, BBQ at Best Man's House is another funny bit, but incredibly awkward moment uh, in this film. Do you have any experience with me and your girlfriend's ex-fiance or ex-boyfriend that was clearly still in love with her? And how did you handle that? Uh, yeah, I mean, just like along the lines of that um, with my ex-girlfriend's mom who kept talking about the ex-boyfriend. and it just Matt. It, Matt. It made it so weird. I was like, oh my God, this is weird to stop talking about him because I was you know, I just met her and I was waiting for her to ask all these questions about me. I was trying to put a good impression on and then she just kept talking about the ex. So I was like, okay, and this is how this party goes. Uh, yeah. that, that was that time. Uh, one gal I dated when I was <clears throat> in college, she, her ex-boyfriend would run into us in Bellingham quite a bit and he was like still really in love with her. And I always felt really bad because like, you know, we'd hold hands and stuff and he'd see us out at, at a bar or something. Um, and so I felt Rock, bad out to, to sting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just <laughs> sipping on a Shirley Temple watching us across the bar. Um, yeah, I felt bad because he, he was a really nice guy, but I, I, I didn't know. I, I, sh- I wanted to just be like, man, like you got to move on, dude. So it was um, it was it was difficult, but I was way younger, too. So I don't really remember too much about that. I, didn't, I haven't run into anything other other than a story I shared with an ex that I had in she like kind of she met this guy online also she said that they were just going to be friends he, she didn't tell him that that her and i were dating and he definitely still was infatuated with her he thought he had a chance they went on a legit date while we were dating which really pissed me off but um it was a long story a, a, a lot of a lot of headaches and and all that but yeah it wasn't it, it wasn't horrible i haven't i luckily haven't run into anything like a, a kevin he's a really cool guy and he wasn't being like a dick or anything i i, I think I, I he was really really awesome in my opinion i love owen wilson um but it was weird that he had all those pictures of them still together i, I was like whoa man it's like the stalkers national anthem that you're you're, you're dealing with right now so and then I think there was even pictures of them in the den where they made Greg sleep. Were there? I think so. Yeah, I think mm. Jack's like, I think he put him there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Short stack, short stack. Coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I met. So after my ex-wife and, and I got divorced, um, you know, we crossed paths at a funeral and I met her, her boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. I think they're still together. I don't know. and. uh I remember that being kind of weird, just like shaking his hand. It was just kind of awkward. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe I made it awkward. I don't know, <laughs> but I probably did. But I remember being weirded out by it. <laughs> just going for the hug at that point. Just make it yeah. less awkward and just hug him. Be like, hey, man, so good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? Uh, so things get uh, pretty heated during the volleyball match. Competitive sports with friends and family can be a recipe for disaster. Have you ever accidentally hurt someone or have you sustained <laughs> an injury during a friendly game at a BBQ or beach or non-school setting? 
That actually be that actually might be my, uh, the funniest moment in the movie for me. Just the slow motion, <laughs> just right, <laughs> right in her face. Holy crap, it was awesome. Um, I have not done something like that. I've been at events like I used to play flag football all the time, and I've had a friend who tore his ACL during that, and we all thought it was a goof because we were just like, ah, whatever, get up, you know. <laughs> you okay, man? It's just, <laughs> just a, a goof. goof. <laughs> <laughs> for all you dumb and dumber fans out there. But we, we, everyone was like, you know, cheering and stuff, and then we're like, oh, shit, he actually is really hurt. We had to drive him to the hospital and all that kind of stuff. Um, there was a time when I was at PAX at uh, Penny Arcade Expo here in Seattle and <clears throat> PAX West. And my buddy Jeff and I were he's friends with this dude who his wife is like a IGN big wig person. She's like a celebrity. Anyways, he was a really cool guy and he was defending his title for this video game contest or whatever. And what he wanted to do is he bought these two 24 24- or whatever. Oh, like yeah. what you hate when Damn that it. lady. <laughs> yeah, but I don't say it all the time. What I'm saying is when someone says it with every sentence or whatever. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so he he uh, he wanted to do a Stone Cold Steve Austin entrance with Trulies, or I'm sorry, with uh, White Claws. And so when he was walking up, I was supposed to throw him the White Claws, and I did. It was cool. I was all ready. I tossed him the White Claws. They were perfect throws. This guy, I don't know what, what he did. He just didn't catch him. And one, the very first one that came, he missed it. It hit him square in the nose and it cut his nose wide open and he starts bleeding. And I'm like, oh, shit. And this is in front of tons of people. And his wife was mad at me, the, like the celebrity person. She thought I did it on purpose. I was like, no. Luckily, the guy's really cool. He's like, no. He's like, I just didn't catch it. I'm an idiot. But I don't know how much more perfect I could throw it. I felt like such a badass. I'm like, oh, th- these are great underhand tosses. And it just completely hit him in the face. He still grabbed the next one and, and slammed it, but he was bleeding. And I was like, shit. <laughs> so it made a really good story, but I felt terrible the entire time. And I was yeah. like, it was kind of the black sheep of the party at that point. Ultimately, I was OK. I didn't do anything wrong, but his wife wasn't super happy with me for some reason. Because you hurt her husband's face. Uh, he needs to learn how to catch. That's his moneymaker. Stealer of best friend. <laughs> yeah. When he grabs the lamp and turns it upside down. It's so <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so oh, good. Saving Silverman. Love it, love it, love it. But I'm pretty coordinated for most sports. There, I, I'm, I'm clumsy at times, but like when I hike and when I cycle and do stuff, other than the occasional fall, if I'm not paying attention, uh, I don't really do that many stupid things or hurt other people, so... I don't know. Yeah. I, um, the only time I ever heard someone in a sport was in, was actually in high school. I might have shared the story on this podcast, but it was a Brian Carlisle. And me and this guy did not get along. <laughs> and he was pitching, and I was at bat, and I hit it line drive, and it smacked him right in the chest, and he <laughs> dropped like a rock. And I just ran to all the bases, and I, it was an infield home run. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody runs around him, and you're like, I'm circling the bases, man. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even care. I was like, man, fuck that kid. I hate this guy. He's such a bully. You know, he was so mean all the time. One time he stepped on my face. I had like fallen down. I was in elementary school and I tripped and fell. And then he walked right over my face. What an asshole. What a I was dick. so mad. I know. I never forgave him. And then, and then no one ever saw that. He just did it. But everyone saw him get dropped like a rock in, um, <laughs> in the PE. I was like, yeah, I'm just running along to all the bases. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) Fucking Brian Carlisle. I wonder what he's up to. He's probably playing baseball somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen my baseball? (laughs) 
Anyway, my gosh. Uh, so, Greg clearly goes above and beyond to try and please Jack and Dina. Obviously, his plans clearly backfire, and the entire trip is a total disaster. How relatable is this film to you? While it's nothing new from a storytelling point of view, we've seen this scenario play out 100 times in old TV reruns, uh, going all the way back to the 50s. But have you ever been in a situation like this? I guess you kind of sort of touched on it with that new date, but anything else? Not really. I haven't really had anything that was super relatable in this. Maybe little moments here and there of just being really awkward or saying something like when he's, I'm just the king of putting my foot in my mouth at times. And when he says, oh, that's a lovely vase, you know, right. or, <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, that's actually my grandma's remains. And I, I've done that kind of shit. And I'm like, uh, I shouldn't have said that. Should not have said that. So um, I, I can, I can do that quite a bit. I can try to have a conversation where, and, Again, another favorite part is the dinner scene. Just Ben Stiller. I feel like he's improvising the entire time, but he's it wasn't a farm per se. You know, it was like a farm made a lot of animals around. And um, that whole dinner scene is, is really, really well done. So I've had awkward moments like that when you try to tell a joke or you try to say something funny. Just try and, to yeah, just milk mm, the cat. Geppetto. Yeah. You, can, you can milk anything with nipples. Um, just a lot of good stuff. And holy crap, it was funny. I... Uh, I've, I've had moments like that for sure. Yeah, it sucks. What about, have you ever had your bag lost while you were starting your trip and you had to make do with what you had? Oh my God. Thanks for bringing up a nightmare. When, when I went to, uh, to the UK recently, my trip from, I flew Iceland air, which was terrible. And when <laughs> it's the Devon of the, airlines. Oh my gosh. I will never fly them again. <laughs> I purposely packed my bag to carry on size. It should have fit. It just was a little too heavy. And so when I checked in for, I went to the counter cause I had to give my vaccination card. Cause I like messed something up. Anyway, she looks at my bag. She's like, Oh, can you, can you uh, weigh the bag? And I'm like, shit. And I go, no, 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 it'll, it'll fit. I promise. And she's like, no, can you weigh it? And it was over. And so then I was like, all right, I'm just going to put a bunch of stuff on. She said, oh, we'll check it for free. And I go, okay, but I have a layover in Reykjavik. Is it going to get to Heathrow? She said, yeah, 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 it'll, it'll get there. I said, okay, are you sure <laughs> it'll get there? Well, long story short, I get to the UK. Me and about 40 other people uh, are all sitting around and we were all on the same flight and we are just like, where are our bags? Turns out they were still in Reykjavik. We had to fill out forms. Um... They it totally reminded me of the meet the parents moment. Fill out forms. Um, I went a good uh, 36. I'm sorry, longer than that. 72 hours without my bag. I think it was a, a shit show. Luckily, they give you they reimburse you for stuff now. So you could pretty much buy anything. And I was kind of making the joke with my friend because um, I had Carly's wedding. Right. And my suit was in there. I was like, I should go buy a brand new, really nice suit. And what are they going to argue against? You know, they're going to reimburse me because I could be like, look, I was. I had this really good suit in here and I'm in the wedding, which I wasn't, but I could have totally gotten, you know, game the system. So it was a, it was a big annoyance for sure. I didn't have a wedding ring in there or an engagement ring, but it's um that was probably the most relatable thing for me. Uh, everything else was pretty far fetched in this. It was a farce for the most part this movie. Mm hmm. He's like, yeah, you lost my bag. <laughs> like, I haven't lost your anything. Sir. Yeah, <laughs> we, we forget that. You know, whoever we go to for help, a lot of times people will be rude to them. And it's like, dude, they're the ones that are going to be helping you. You should probably be a little bit more nice. Like we blame that the, the lost bag is is all the blame is put on this person at the counter. 
when they had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And I tried I, as angry as I was about my bag. I was like, well, nothing I can do about it right now other than report it. And I, I was I wasn't rude to the desk people. There's a guy in front of me that was really rude to the desk people. I was rude to the <laughs> to the uh, Iceland air people. That's but why more, I didn't make it. <laughs> but more so. No, no, no. Afterwards, but more so because I was being nice at first and I was asking if I could get escalation on this or if I could get the status. And they just were dead end dead end dead end i'm like so where's my bag They're like, well we don't know and i'm like okay cool yeah it was uh very frustrating that's too bad the only time i had lost luggage was coming back from france but it was the suitcase with full of dirty clothes so i didn't really care. <laughs> and then it, it showed up a day later hmm. and they were even dirtier <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they, it was cool because they uh they drove it all the way out to our house yeah, that's typically what they do. They did that for for mine too. I, I had to put my friend's address, and they they drove my bag out. So, but it was like at eleven o'clock at night, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so, I get to it when I get to it. I guess. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. It's too bad. Uh, do you think this retelling still holds or still has some legs on it? Like, have we seen this story enough, or do you think there's room in the old rom coms for more? I mean, I like movies like this, and I think Meet the Parents did a good job. Um, sometimes it can be a little absurd, though. And like so, paying a cat's tail. Yeah, well, that or just the septic tank thing, and and sometimes. Fucker, situ- I'm not going to tell you again. Jesse <laughs> <laughs> didn't the touch. He's a cat for Christ. They sake. lack the opposable <laughs> thumbs. <laughs> Doesn't have thumbs, Fokker. Oh my god, it's so funny. It is good. Um, some of it is just, it, it's ridiculous, and, and the trope, one of my least favorite tropes in, in movies is when there's a huge misunderstanding that could easily be remedied by just somebody stopping for a second and explaining. So like mm-hmm. in a romantic movie, you know, where the love interest his ex-girlfriend accosts him and, and kisses him or vice versa, or, you know, ex-boyfriend does it, and then the, the, the main character lover sees it, and they're like, wait, I can explain. And they just run off and they're mad. I'm like, no, you should let them explain because I'm sure there's a, I'd be like, dude, this gal just came up to me. I said no. And she kissed me. <laughs> there's that's it. That's the movie. And in this movie, that happens quite a bit. <laughs> so it's um, it is it is fascinating. Uh, he could easily be like, dude, I don't. This isn't my my, my weed pen. This is or this isn't my pipe. Right. Um, and it, that could have been it. But but the, he didn't know that he had it. So uh, well, Jack remember- spoke cryptic, though. Yeah, he didn't uh, he didn't just say, hey, is this yours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's not on Ben Stiller's part. That is on. That's not on Greg. That's on Jack. Jack. Well, I yeah. know. But, and I'm just thinking like I I don't think uh, somebody would come up and, and speak that cryptically. You'd be like, I know you did it. I know what right. you did. Like just like in, we just said it to you. The hitchhiker one, too. He's like, how many times have you done it? I don't know. Like a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they're so, not even talking about the same. Not thing. even talking about the same thing. That doesn't happen, yeah. really. Like, maybe every once in a while, but seriously. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what are your final thoughts and letter grade on Meet the Parents? Love this movie. I think it's so funny. I think there's maybe one lull in the movie, and I think it's... What is the lull? I don't know. That's what I was trying to gather, but I remember watching it a few days ago, and I was... I had a down part, and it might have been after he got the fake jinxy. Yeah, it's when they're at the restaurant. Yeah, so that's when I feel it too. Yeah, it's like okay, this movie could have been over by now. <laughs> it, it really could have. Um, I think it's a little over two hours long, but it's still really good. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I love Ben Stiller. I think he's he's super funny. Um, so, and I love the Heartbreak Kid too, which was another another later one that he did that reminded me of Meet the Parents in a certain level. So, um, 
yeah, I love this movie. I, I, I think I'm going to give it an A minus, though. I don't think it's an A. And I I just I don't know. I, I don't think it. I think the lull part and then maybe some of the jokes didn't hit for me like they used to, but I still quote the shit out of this. And I was more laughing at the fact that we quote this all the time. So I was thinking of you saying some of those lines. And I always tell people, I'm like, I bet you would Panama red. And yeah. <laughs> I usually gauge that if no one understands what I'm saying. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll tell you later. <laughs> so that's a good one. I have to be pretty high, but yeah, <laughs> but you would Panama red. Right? Yeah, oh, well. What about call you? That the munchies? <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean I'd probably give this movie a B plus. Uh, I I definitely enjoy it though. It's a lot of fun. It's it's extremely quotable. Um, but just watching it again, I I was laughing, but I wasn't laughing nearly as hard as I did you know twenty two years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good time, and I have a really fond memory of of going to see it too. Uh, that plays a major factor. You know, I mean it was literally the first weekend that me and my my. My girlfriend uh, later on to be ex-wife, um, you know, it was like our first like weekend together, you know, and so it was a it was a fun weekend. We had a good time. And uh, yeah, so I think that has a plays a big role in my enjoyment of this movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was fun. I think Ben Stiller is amazing at playing just like that loser boyfriend. You know, we see it a couple of times and there's something about Mary and Heartbreak Kid. Uh, you know, he just is a victim of circumstance and yeah. it's I'm here for it. It's usually pretty funny. Is that hair gel? <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. I don't of the three. I would be hard pressed to tell you which one I enjoyed the most. That is tough. Yeah, they all have they're, their qualities. They do. They're pretty good. But, you know, uh, they're all also over two hours. I think all three of those movies are over two hours. Yeah. And Heartbreak Random. Kid starts to feel a little long at times. <laughs> we are but trying to play Parcheesi. Please come upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the extended cut for um, There's Something About Mary? I didn't even know there's an extended cut. Oh, yeah. So there's one part. The guy, um, it might be Jeffrey Tambor. I forget. But uh, Matt Dillon's buddy that's that's hooking him up with information mm-hmm. in Miami, uh, he is the one that's like on the phone with him. Like, hey, it's like that time when you got you know, herpes when you were helping so-and-so in like the war and all that stuff. He's like getting knee deep in like Coke and he's getting all drugged out and he has this giant snake and the snake actually eats him. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. It's pretty intense. And they go back to that house when, when all, when that guy, Norm, the pizza dude, Tucker or whatever. And then it's Matt Dillon and Ben. So they're all at the house and that's, it's pretty edgy. Mm. Let me see that he was eaten by a snake. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's bad. I'm like, I don't remember this at all. Like, what version of this? It's like when you watch a movie on TV and there's just extra scenes that you don't ever remember. It's kind of funny. This is like the airplane version of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 100%. Anyway, um, that is it for me, man. Um, why don't you go ahead and take us out? Cool. Well, thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Please remember to follow us on Twitter. We have uh, the DB Crazy Pod handle, Edgy Armo, and Zachdale60. And you can share your thoughts with us and we'll discuss them on our show. You can let us know any songs that you did not know the meanings of that are a little bit darker than you, you first thought. You're, you're dancing to about doing it on the Discovery Channel and you realize that it's pretty dark. Um, you can tell us what movie you think we should also watch for our next episode 
We got some recommendations uh, from some of our, our, our listeners and our friends for True Lies and Predator. That's a good one, too. Basically, any Arnold movie. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you like us. Additionally, we're also available on every other major podcast app. Just please, don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.